Let us be attentive. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will raise also us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who enjoins himself to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun immorality. Every other sin which a person commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. And he had divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. 
So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. And when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to, to spare, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and make merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew to, near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Lo, these many years I've served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But this son of yours came, who was de devoured by your living with harlots, and killed him with the, and, and, for, and you killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Please be seated. Today we are blessed to hear a sermon from Dan Christopoulos as we celebrated and commemorate all the work of missionaries done throughout the centuries, but especially the work of OCMC um, in 
in, throughout the world. Thank you, Father Tim. It's great to be back with you here at St. Mary's and enjoying this beautiful sunny weather. Yesterday, we celebrated the first birthday of our youngest grandson, Grayson, who actually turns one tomorrow. And it was so beautiful and nice being surrounded by three of our four children, four of our seven grandchildren, and family and close friends of Grayson's parents from the Twin Cities. And while I loved the cake, and those of you who know me know that I love cake with good frosting, my favorite moment of the day yesterday was when Gray came over early, came into that door and stretched his arms out. I grabbed him, I put him against my shoulder. And in that moment, as I held his little head, I wanted to give him everything I had. I wanted to protect him and never let anything harm him. My heart was bursting with joy and love and gratitude. In today's gospel lesson that we just heard Father Jason read from the gospel of St. Luke, we hear once again, as we do every year in the second, second pre-Lenten Sunday, the parable of the prodigal son. As we well know, it's a parable of repentance. It's a story of a son who has taken his inheritance from his father, squandered it in a faraway land and loose living, and yet comes to his senses. But Father Tim and Father Jason and brothers and sisters in Christ, what I'd like to focus on today is not repentance, but on what happens when this father receives his son who was formerly lost. I want us to look at the meaning and the consequences and the outcomes of that momentous reunion, what it signifies, and most importantly, why it must be shared with the whole world. Now, the first thing that strikes me in the parable is that the father doesn't even wait for the son to get home. He sees him in a distance and he runs out and greets him. He meets him on the road, as we just heard, but while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And if we would have heard the gospel in Greek, it's even more powerful. Listen, those of you who know little Greek. Aftu, 
και καταφύλισαν αυτόν. The first word that should jump out is what we say in English, compassion, ευσπλακνή in Greek. But as you've probably heard me preach before, ευσπλακνή is not just some emotion, but what it really means, ευσπλακνή in Greek are the innards. When it says ευσπλακνήστη ο πατήρ, it means a stomach turned over out of so much visceral love for his son. And what's the second thing we see? Dramon epepesen epiton trachilon aftu. He dramatically, Dramon, epepesen, fell upon his neck. Think of that. That's exactly what I experienced with Gray yesterday. Him falling upon my neck and me reaching down and kissing him. Any parent knows that feeling. Any grandparent knows that feeling. Any of us who have loved deeply knows that feeling. Father Jason Laster, when he preached on this Sunday, said the following. The prodigal son is given symbols of true restoration as a son, as a real family member. The kiss is a sign of forgiveness. The robe, a sign of honor. The ring, a sign of authority as a real member of the royal family. The shoes, a sign of a free man because only slaves went barefoot. The feast, a sign of joy. Brothers and sisters, you and I, we are sons and daughters of the living God. We are forgiven, we are loved, we are free, and we're to be filled with joy. That, my friends, that is the Evangelion. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the news that the whole world is aching to hear. Because unfortunately, there are millions of people today who don't know that type of God. They've not experienced it. And that is exactly the work of the Orthodox Christian Mission Center since 1985, bringing that message of joy, of hope, of love, of compassion to the world. Today, as we sit here, I've mentioned this fact before, two-thirds of the world right now is not Christian, and those statistics are falling, especially in this country. 25% of every human being has never even heard the gospel preached in a way where they can say yes or no to following Christ. And that is our task. I will never forget the day I arrived in Nairobi, Kenya, July 23rd, 1985, as the first missionary ever sent by OCMC. When I arrived at the airport, I was greeted by two carloads of seminarians and Father Jonah Luanga of blessed memory. Father Jonah at the time was the deputy director of the seminary, a Ugandan by birth. He later became Metropolitan of Uganda until he passed a couple years ago. But what happened? Father Jonah and I greeted each other in the typical Orthodox clergy fashion 
kissing each other's cheeks, kissing each other's hands. And then we started to walk to the car. Now I've shared this with some of you, but what happened? Being a good American, I kissed, and then we started to walk the car and I went to let go of Father Jonah's hand. He didn't let go. We walked hand in hand 200 yards to the car. But as we did that, something struck me. I looked down at my white hand clasped in his black hand and it struck me. We're brothers. We're one. Fellow clergy, but more importantly, children of God. The second thing, which was equally if not more poignant that happened is when we got to the seminary. There waiting for us was Archbishop Anastasios, the present Archbishop of Albania, who's 93 years old right now. But he was the acting Archbishop of East Africa. And as we came out of the cars, he was beaming. His eyes were twinkling. And as I went up to venerate his hand, he grabbed me and pulled me in to his neck. And he kissed my head. And I felt something I had felt from my own father, yes, but something even greater, that heavenly fatherly embrace. And I knew that there was love, there was acceptance, there was security, there was joy, and there was strength that we were going to need as we went around East Africa preaching and teaching and bringing people to Jesus Christ. We know a God who brings peace where there is anxiety and turmoil, who brings love where there is hatred, who brings hope where there is despair, who brings compassion where there is indifference, who brings forgiveness where there is condemnation, who brings joy where there is sorrow, and who brings light where there is darkness, and most importantly, life and resurrection where there is death. That's the God that you and I know. That's the Pandokrator who sits above us and is yet with us. And that is a God that the world needs to know. And that, brothers and sisters, is our challenge. Not just for the 122 long-term missionaries that followed us to Africa and throughout the world. Not just for the 23 missionaries who right here as we sit in St. Mary's are on the ground working today in Albania, in Guatemala, in Fiji, in Africa, in Romania. Not just the nearly 3,000 people, including people who are right here in church today, who went on 357 mission teams since 1987. Not just the $1 million that we gave out last year in grants and aid to churches throughout the world. We have to do it now, today, here. And we can't do it without you without each and every one of you. Every missionary, every team member, every local priest whom we support, about 500, especially in Africa, giving them $50 a month, and, and it's called Support a Mission Priest. Our Philoptikos does that every year. 
supports a mission priest. Everything we do and everything we undertake is for one purpose, to bring people to the life-changing and soul-saving knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. Metropolitan Callistos Ware, a blessed memory, writes, repentance is the return from exile to our true home. Repentance is the return from exile to our true home. The prodigal son had the courage to go home because he knew that his father, his father would receive him. We are made in God's image. We are given an inheritance and a possibility to become like him. Not to be stuck and marred in sin. Not to be stuck and marred in hatred. Not to be deadened by callousness. Not to be groping in darkness and overcome by death but to live resurrected lives with Jesus Christ. Archbishop Anastasios writes, there is no treasure more precious than the truth which has been revealed by the word of God. Therefore, the people who suffer the most in our time are those who have been deprived of hearing the word, not because they themselves refuse to listen, but because we who know the truth and the word of God refuse to offer it. We refuse to pass it on. As we gather this morning here in Minneapolis, our executive director, Father Martin Ritzi, is with the Patriarch of Alexandria and Bishop Neophytos, who some of you have met because he's been here. Bishop Neophytos today was enthroned in a new diocese, the first bishop of this diocese of Eldoret and northern Kenya. It includes a part of Kenya called Turkana, which 14 years ago, OCMC missionaries went and preached for the first time the gospel. Hundreds were baptized. In May, I was blessed to go with Father Martin back to that place. And one of the people that we met was Rebecca. We interviewed her because for the clergy lady, they asked us to make a small video. And here's part of what she had to say. At such a difficult place in Tikhana, we have decided to believe in God. He is the one to help us. The only way we will be saved is by believing in God. Our God is great and we call upon our God to come down to all tribes of the world. The word of God is good. I don't know where I'd be today without God and the Orthodox Church. Rebecca, like the millions of people of the world who come to know Jesus Christ, have had their lives changed. I'm asking you today to continue to help us to bring people to Christ so their lives can be changed by three simple tasks. First, praying. Praying for the people to hear the word of God and that that word may take root in people's hearts. 
praying for our missionaries, praying that we might raise up new missionaries, praying for the clergy who are tasked day after day with going out and spreading this truth by giving. Thursday, we had a beautiful event here at St. Mary's where about 60 people from the Pan-Orthodox community came and gave financial assistance. I'll be in the hall with a little table. If you'd like to see how you can continue to support the work of OCMC, please stop by. Give, give. And finally, go, go, go where? Go first and foremost to your own families. Make sure that they know this joy and love so their lives can be changed. Go to this neighborhood. Be a light shining on the hill. And for some of you, yes, go overseas. Share what you know so others may come to know. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the prayers that I know were there from that first day when I was in Kenya. Because I know Father Anthony Conyeras, a blessed memory, and many of you sitting here prayed for us. But most importantly, as we get ready to enter Great Lent, may God give us the strength to run that race in a way to honor him and bring others to his life-changing resurrection. Amen.